Hello again, friends. Welcome to another episode of the No Small Stories podcast. I'm your host, Haley Overseth, and my co-host, Shane Fisher, and I sit down this week with Mike Fleming. Mike is a sculptor, and he has some fun stories of what inspired him to become a sculptor, some of the animation and opportunities that he's had and even declined. You might not believe it. I do hope that you enjoy this conversation that we have, and thanks for joining us. So welcome to our fourth, I believe, episode of the No Small yeah. Stories podcast. Already. Already. And we have Mike Fleming here with us today, who is a sculptor. Hello, Mike. Hi. Do hey, Mike. introduce Hi. yourself and uh, let us know a little bit about what it is that you do. Uh, my name is Mike, and uh, I am a sculptor, like like you just were saying. I, I specialize in sculpture, uh, clay animation, and pottery. And those are all things that... Uh, keep me busy so, so uh, I live... clay animation too i don't talk more about that what what do you mean when you say clay animation um like wallace and gromit or uh, california raisins or like the old pizza noid um like yeah well oh my kinda, god yeah. i forgot about all of those things <laughs> i'm so glad to be reminded i love those things yeah they're they're fun and they're time consuming and it's uh it's fun because you get to sculpt and like every single frame you sculpt a little bit more or you move a puppet and then take pictures and then over 24 frames you get a second of footage oh um, man so it's, yeah it's time consuming but it's it's really rewarding it's magic really yeah i love cool. it i did stop motion animation a little bit when i was in film school back in the day good lord let's not talk about how long ago but yeah, so like I can appreciate how much effort and and it really is super time consuming because you do you need twenty four frames to get one second of footage and it's yeah. but it, it it's so very cool when you're done and when you can see it moving it's it, it is a lot of fun. So how did you get started in in just sculpting and 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 working with clay and how did you how did you stumble upon this this skill that you've developed? Um. Well uh i'll have to say when i was a little kid the first movie i went to see in a movie theater was jurassic park and um nice that uh had a big impact on me and i uh my parents also had a sega and they had the jurassic park video game nice. and uh <laughs> in, inside that video game there's a bunch of stop motion dinosaurs and oh okay it was, really, it was really cool to see that and so um i my dad had a camera. Uh, it wasn't like a film camera. It was just like a, you did home movies and stuff on it. So it didn't have those like old ability. school, like with the VHS that you put in there. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah so them it, big things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't have the ability to take single frames. So I would just try to hit stop and record as quick as possible and take like three seconds of footage for each frame. Or uh, So that, that's kind of how I got my start. And then I was, I was using like toys and, stuff as puppets or like model kits and uh and then eventually i was like man i could like start sculpting stuff and and my dad was big into model kits as a as a kid when he was growing up so he had some of those and then i got into building the models but oftentimes i i couldn't paint them and uh i didn't really like the sculpts so i would like try to change them and stuff and add stuff and uh, add different elements and just customize them. And then that started me sculpting and then, you know, 
got me into animation and then I just kept building all that that whole skill set. Um, so about how old were you then when you started doing this? So, like you've been playing with this for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, probably. I'm not trying to age six, you or, or anything. Something. Wow, oh, no. really? That is seven, so cool. Yeah. yeah, when I seen Jurassic Park, I think I was like five or six or seven, something like that. But nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's uh, that's kind of how I got my start uh, in the sculpting side of things. And then pottery, I've just recently been uh dabbling with in the last few years and teaching myself how to transfer the detail of my sculpture work into water-based clay and have that um carry over and then is able to be fired and then glazed and can actually be microwaved or dish you know put in a dishwasher or in an oven or whatever so that's been really challenging yeah, I've seen uh, the things that you have on, on your, you know, social media, the the mugs and the different like characters that you put on like the mugs and stuff. I, I think that's really cool. I love. Yeah. So I'm Thank so you. like I love art and I, but I'm not like I do more sort of abstract art. I don't have like, I don't know, classic drawing skills or or what have you. But the detail that you have in your characters and the way that you're able to get so close, like I saw, you know, you have like the Grinch or you have like different disney pixar characters that you do yeah I, I, the and i love that you have like the videos on there but like how do you develop that skill of being able to recreate that that's something that in my mind is just so like boggles my mind that you can recreate that thing that you see to such a you know exact detail like that like what's that process like in in transferring that thing from your brain of what you see in that image you have onto into sculpture um, well, a lot of times, like with characters you were just talking about there, um, you get the 2d picture of them. So to make that a relief, um, requires me filling in those gaps. Um, so a trick that I like to use is really harsh lighting. Like I'm working on a, on a piece right now. And so I'll turn this light on and I just push the clay around to get, you know, my, my biggest tool is light, mm -hmm. uh, and finding the forms and, and just having the harshest lighting possible. Um, so like when I'm doing a relief piece like that, like a cartoon character or something, I have to fill in those details of, you know, how deep his eyebrows are, mm -hmm. how big his nose is, his mouth, like all those details. That's not, it doesn't always necessarily translate when you have just a 2d drawing. So it takes a lot of work to like, and playing around and just sketching and figuring out what looks good. Um, and that's the same thing with 3d too. It just 2d is a lot quicker. Like when I do the relief pieces, I just have a piece of wood and I start something and then I just stick it to the wood mm -hmm. and then I just goof around and, you know, it's easy to go, like, go out in public and sketch and um, make like pins and earrings and stuff like that where you have the flat backs. Um, so, and that's how I start a lot of my mugs too is flat. And then I'll, you know, when I get it to a certain point, I'll put it on the mug and then start, start that process. But, um, you know, it's just when you sculpt in three dimensions, you have to build an armature first, which is essentially a skeleton mm -hmm. that's, that's rigid so that you can have something to like, it's like your canvas. And then you stick the clay to that and it holds its form and its shape. And you're, cause you got to fight gravity all the time. It's just like in stop motion, every you're constantly fighting gravity and you have to problem solve. And, um, you know, so like there's a clay on glass technique that I like to do in animation where, you know, there's a sheet of glass in front of you and you start animating on that in relief kind of fashion 
So it's almost like 2D work, but it's still three-dimensional. And you have different layers like Walt Disney had okay. uh, with his multi-plane cameras. So you, I can still go in and animate like different things in the background or the foreground or, you know, in the main, the main frame there. And then you can still have like background uh, elements. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because there's a lot of just figuring stuff out when you're doing relief stuff like you were just talking about um, with those characters. And that's, that's a lot of the fun of doing the reliefs. Um, so I, ho I hope that answered your question. Yeah, yeah. I yeah i think that's really cool i guess the and i that's kind of why i love the videos that you make where you, you have some of those that you're kind of like showing the evolution of, of what you're working on because it's yeah you know or like um seeing like the the little i don't know stick figure is the best i can describe it what it looks like but the wire figure for the you know skeleton that you make and then fill it with the clay it's really interesting to me to see that you know and i just so i, I love you know, that you have those videos of like sort of watching the the piece that you're working on sort of evolve and develop into what it becomes. It's like really fun yeah. to watch that. It's very cool. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. I I, I do like a lot of story work, so mm -hmm. it's not necessarily like I don't publish a post unless I get something that's like substantial. So a lot of like my in process stuff is in my stories. Uh, so like that's like the Snapchat and the facebook and instagram stories mm -hmm. you know so people can follow along if they really want to because you know i always get apprehensive about constantly posting every little detail about how something goes down because it might be really interesting to someone but to me it's just like another boring thing yeah, it's just <laughs> so part it's of like, what you're doing <laughs> yeah so i don't want to like i don't want to oversaturate you know people with like every little detail on how i you know get to a certain place in a piece or whatever yeah so very cool. So I, I know that you, this is like what you do full time, right? Like you don't, cause that's kind yeah. of, that's one of the things that we talk about is like, that's the goal, right? Of, yeah, for, you know, as, <laughs> as writers. Yeah. Why so, is that so hard? <laughs> yeah. So can you talk a little bit about like, what was your sort of path to where you are now and being able to sort of full time do your craft? You know, what, what was for those out there like us who are looking for, okay. If if you can do it, you know, there's got to be a way for us all to do it. What what kind of tips and tricks might you have? Uh, lots of ramen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You know, there's, you know, there's so many people that say, uh, or artists even that say you got to starve to like, to be successful or, you know, you got to wait to be discovered. And there's some truth to all that, I feel like, but um you know, definitely a lot of it is, is the work you put into it. Uh, at least it, that's how it's been for me. And, um, and letting your work speak for itself and, and getting people like getting eyeballs on it is sometimes tough, especially in, you know, in today's kind of like online world. Uh, that's why I like going out in public and like displaying or working in like a cafe or mm -hmm. you know, uh, a bar or whatever, and just sitting there and working and, you know, befriending the, the owners and then letting them let me set up a table and I just put a bunch of stuff and, you know, people come over and look at stuff and, and the work, you know, sells itself better than I even can like, you know, I'm not great at like pushing things or talking people into buying them. I just like explain process and stuff. And, um, you know, usually I'll have something that catches their eye or, you know, not a lot of people have seen a sculptor. Uh, working it, it, you know, live in person before. So 
it's unique and they get they come up and talk and you know especially when you're on a bunch of drunks like you know you get a <laughs> yeah you right. get talking pretty easily so um i love it and they're looser yeah. with their wallets right yeah yeah they are they are a little looser um, put your beer in this yeah, yeah sometimes they'll like they'll buy you drinks and stuff so it's kind of cool but um so you kind of almost get paid twice you get a free beer and somebody will buy a mug right yeah that's that's the goal sometimes in the cafes and stuff i'll I'll strike up a deal with the uh the owner and be like hey if someone buys a mug you know first fill will be free and i'll just pay for it later you know <laughs> so nice yeah <laughs> very cool tie it all in um but you know the the path to um to, to doing it full time has always been an off and on kind of thing, uh, at least initially. Um, and then COVID kind of happened and happened to I everybody. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. You had to get so, creative no matter who you were. It seemed like so ceramics and the pottery thing really helped me out during that time. But, um, I used to be in the non-destructive testing and, um, so yeah, my what, old boss was, what is that? Sorry, um, I, uh, the, you don't I, know have, I don't know either. I don't. What is that? It's it's a it's a day job essentially. <laughs> it's uh, so it's it's using the theory of ultrasound to like look inside of welds for discontinuities oh, okay. or defects on wind towers mostly, um, and so you know it's something I did for a while, and my old boss was losing his business during COVID, mm-hmm. and um, you know. There was a lot of other inspectors who were certified who were staying unemployed because there's, you know, benefits to that. And, uh, and I was doing art full time. So he, you know, he took me out to lunch a few times and kind of was like explaining to me, he's selling his, his vans and his, his building and all this stuff. And he needed someone to go out on this contract. So that's what kind of led me back out here to, to South Dakota. Uh, cause I'm from Colorado. Oh, okay. So, so that's what brought me out here. And then, uh, you know, I have a, I made some good friends and, uh, you know, I have a good roommate and the situation was nice. And, uh, my cat, you know, likes the city and everything. So, uh, and it's important so that I our decided, pets are happy. Yeah. 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 Um, so I decided to stay and, uh, but during, anyway, during that time is like, I came out of, cause I was doing art full time for two years but I was still certified in NDT. So he asked me to come back and, and help him out. And I agreed and it was a three month contract, but then that turned into a year. And so, you know, I had to, you know, cause it was just killing me. It was, it was 14 hour shifts and it was a lot of work and, Oh God. Um, and the work was just like, it was always very, you know, you're on your feet the whole time and you're very busy and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot to that job and to that work. And uh, I'm grateful for, for, you know, every day job I've had and, you know, it putting that like eye of the tiger in you to -hmm. keep fighting when, uh, when you're off to, to build up a body of work to where you're able to make a living off of it, which it's, it's not easy to do. Um, but you know, it's definitely possible to, to sell enough to make a living in, and with platforms out there like Kickstarters and, um, Indiegogo's and stuff like that. You know, there really is uh, a lot of tools that we have now that we didn't have like, you know, 20 years ago. The the, the gatekeepers in a lot of these areas are kind of been quieted over time. And, you know, artists have more tools than ever with like Etsy and eBay. And, you know, I know sometimes it can feel like you're kind of floating around in the ocean 
and you're waiting for like this big ship to come by and pick you up and you know every other artist is out there floating with you and mm -hmm. it's just getting people to see you and that can be kind of frustrating uh especially if you believe in your own work and what you're doing but uh you know definitely patience is key and and i picked a pretty patient uh yeah. <laughs> profession with the, with the sculpting and the animation thing so yeah for sure that's stop motion you gotta have that, patience to do that that day yeah. job just sounds like uh <laughs> it sounds like an alternative like description of parenting like non non-destructive testing it's just yeah <laughs> at least that's how i think of my parenting anyway i'm just like all right i'm just testing this little thing out trying not to like screw it up <laughs> let's hope yeah, this, sure this whole stressful, thing doesn't yeah. implode <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah you're you've got some bigger responsibilities i feel like than i had <laughs> yeah there was oh, very yeah. few that, lives at stake yeah all so. all part of the inspiration though too i mean um as a writer uh you know i feel like i've grown in in certain respects when it comes to just being a parent and having something to say you know on on, on those things and that's that's really actually what i like about the um uh, the business that i'm in is, is doing a personalized column is just uh so the more that i interview people and the more experiences that i can have and the more you know empathy that i can i can dig into with other people right the more that you have to say and so you you are, you know, like you said, you are, um, uh, you're thankful of all these, of all these, uh, experiences that you've had, whether they're day jobs or not, or, or anything else, your experience, just of what you've, you've been able to, to have in your, I don't know. <laughs> your experience your does pocket. shape a lot of, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's a resource to a lot, to an extent, um, yeah. in terms of inspiration and, and just finding new ideas and, and, cultivating yeah. a little bit of your craft for sure mm -hmm. so i do want to ask so you, you do seem to do a lot of like disney pixar characters are you like is disney pixar just a big thing for you or what's what's your sort of biggest inspiration for the kind of how do you select what it is you're sculpting um that's tough i mean i would say disney is disney himself uh is a big inspiration to me um I feel like one of the, I feel like he's a guy that I relate to more than, than anyone else in terms of like pioneering and, and forging. And he's got a really good story about how he was able to do a lot of those things with him and his brother um, and like their upbringing and, and what led to, you know, um, him getting into animation and his setbacks that he had and how he, you know, was in the war and, uh, started his business in a time like when literally there was none of, none of this was even going on. And the only way you could get into seeing animation on any level was at movie theaters and um, like begging the theaters to like put on a little show beforehand. And anyway, there's like a whole, he's got a really cool story about how him and his brother were able to build their business. And um, I don't know, I've always been really inspired by, by that and then how he turned that from being like the idea guy and um kind of directing because he was never like a great artist himself but he knew how to like he knew that there was something here and so he pursued it despite you know losing some very popular characters and um and then when he got into the parks and how he was able to you know build that whole branch of everything and how it all tied together you know there's a lot of cool uh there's a lot of cool inspiration there that, that I, that I value. Um, so that's a big part of like when I'm picking a piece, it's not like 
I just do Disney Pixar. Um, it's just like those characters are, are real relatable and they're mm-hmm. tough and that's a challenge and they're, you know, it's just something that fun that I want to work on. Um, there's plenty of pieces that I do as commissions or, or whatever that I don't ever even get to show because people want to keep them secret or sure. Um, like Not I, everybody wants an, to share. Yeah. Or have an NDA or, or whatever. And, um, so I'm, I'm not allowed to like show some things sometimes. So a lot of the pieces that I do that I post about are my own pieces and, you know, they don't all get, you know, produced, you know, I don't make molds of them all and castings and, you know, um, so it's, it's, it's all starts from just inspiration and, and fun, like something that I'll see something on a certain character that I want to try. Like with Hades, I really wanted to try hair mm-hmm. made out of fire and then both in sculpture and then painting that to see how that would turn out. And, you know, so it's, it's a lot of, it's just like testing and goofing around and, um, it's kind of uh, amuse thyself first is one of my, the, you know, I think is like the biggest thing for me. Like, as long as you're enjoying what you're doing, that really is always going to come through in your work. And I think that more than anything is what speaks to people is if you're really, truly enjoying what it is that you're doing, if you really have an interest and a passion in what you're doing, that that's the thing that really gets people and speaks to people in, in whatever it is, that is your craft, you know, cause the or, quality or of what you do is, of, uh... Yeah. At least the perception of that, right? Because I don't always, you know, I'm not sitting there just giggling the whole time I'm doing something, you know. Oh, it's I'm sure there's a lot of cursing and frustration that happens <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah. I imagine uh, that happens frequently. Yeah. I definitely uh, have to cover my cat series every now and then, you know. Cause... <laughs> Earmuffs. <laughs> Earmuffs. Uh-huh. So I don't, I don't actually know too much about you guys. Could you guys tell me a little bit about yourselves? Uh I have not had a chance to look at any of your work, so I, I apologize for that. Oh, no, it's you're fine. Yeah. Um, Jane, you go ahead and you start. Uh, you talk a little okay, bit about sure. your poetry. <laughs> also, I was going to like, I should really do something with my, I should turn on the light or something. Like you have a. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Gray, I, have, like, I have ring lights. I'm I'm yeah. a cheater. And and Mike's got this fireplace in the background. It looks like he's cozy. It looks like I'm just <laughs> yeah. like in a basement. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get out <laughs> do you need help like hold this up is just how actually i do normally have just one like little wear a yellow shirt if you need assist like what was just... that whole thing with britney right put wear yellow if you need help yes yeah <laughs> oh, gosh. um so yeah when it comes to uh my stuff so i um i've been uh, a poet for a while so i've always always had an affinity for poetry and Growing up, um, you know, it got to the point I had I had Hayden, my my son, and uh, so when he was born, it was like, well, okay, I gotta get a job now. So I, you know, when I mm-hmm. when I went back to school, um, you know, non-trad, I'm like, okay, English is like the only thing I feel like I could push myself through. And you know, thankfully, um, at USF here in town, they had a a double like track for English and education. I'm like, okay, fallback teaching. You know, I'm just gonna go for it just to get a degree and just you know figure it out from there. Uh, and then after my student teaching experience, just, you know, the burnout rate for teachers. And I knew that the burnout rate for me would be so fast because I would want to be there. I want to be a good teacher. Like for me, teachers were always so important and to have a bad one or to have one that is burnt out or doesn't care does so much more damage (laughs) than 
you know, than like a hundred good teachers, right? Mm -hmm. Like to have a shitty teacher is like the worst thing. And I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to burn out. And um, I knew that I couldn't live off of, you know, what first teachers were making based off of how many hours I felt like I was going to put in, especially with a kiddo of my own, you know, that I didn't want to neglect either. So So it's like it's salary too, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And I mean, when you break it down, like per hour, especially because you're going to be working at probably at least 60, you know, with curriculum and, and grading and all that other stuff. I mean, it, it, it boils down to minimum wage, you know, if that, so, um, which then, is a uh, shame and, and we should, you know, let's exactly. just insert a little pay teachers more yes, propaganda, teachers shall more, we, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's so crazy, especially yeah in South Dakota, like we know we've been last in the race for so long and mm-hmm. we're, you know, haven't done much about it, unfortunately, but, um, so then in the, in the meantime, uh, I kind of kept on writing, kept on doing, you know, my odd jobs and stuff. And I was telling Haley last time. So I had this, um, or I think the first podcast that we had, but I had this interaction with a lady in town. I'm, I'm a bit of a typewriter enthusiast. I, I fixed them up to a point, you know, and I, I collect them and stuff. And so I was, I was actually collecting a typewriter and it was her father's typewriter. And out of just this respect and this, um, this very cool interaction that I had, I'm like, well, can I, can I write you a poem based on your father? Because I'm, I'm inheriting his, you know, typewriter essentially. And uh, so she sent over his information. I wrote a poem based on his life and it was like this cool, super rewarding experience. Um, this cool experiment of empathy that we both had. And I'm like, okay, if I can repeat this process, can I make this, can I make this a business? Can I make this a living of, of you know, some semblance? And so, you know, from, 2021 that's when I did the little LLC and got the name going uh and since then I've just been trying to get traction of like okay how do I how can we use more of our words in a more deliberate way to like I don't know make our lives matter to remember our lives in a better in a better way than we normally often do uh I thought first like personalized obituaries was like the first thing that's like okay we gotta fix this because I've been to too many funerals where they just they suck you know like I, I'm not getting <laughs> yeah. anything from this person survived by let's just give you a data list because exactly you know you know um you know there's some funerals where it's like yeah maybe i couldn't tell a difference but there were some funerals where it's like okay i know this person fairly intimately and i'm not getting any like (laughs) anything out of this funeral that that would that would make that make it about them and Mm -hmm. so okay first and foremost this has to be better and then i kind of opened it up from from there onwards like okay any any place in your life that you want to commemorate that you want to remember um let's start there and let's start with poetry because we can we can concentrate something in in a way where you can remember it you know you can't you can't read an entire person's biography and expect to appreciate it in in really yeah. a tangible way yeah right? an essay can, is not quite as uh, approachable necessarily Exactly. Yeah. Ben Franklin's a great dude, but I am not going to like, I'm not even going to read his biography. I'm definitely not going to read it in its entirety. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to take like first and the last page and, yeah, and make sure you remember and... the kite scene, you know, but um, yeah. So I'm just like, okay, the, the poem is like the best medium for like trying to, trying to boil this down, trying to boil life down into, into something. And I've always believed that poetry has that power. And so that's, yeah, that's my stake. And, uh, and what I do, I suppose. What's the name of your, you said, yeah, I got an LLC and you're starting that. What's. Yep. So um, the name of the business is Inknell. Um, I-N-K-K-N-E-L-L. Uh, uh-huh. 
Nice. And so the Instagram is uh, ink.nail, uh, website too, just inknell.com. Um, yeah, just finally finished my my new website the other day, so that was that was fun. <laughs> oh man, I got to get a website because I I'm I'm only rocking the Patreon and the social medias, and uh, you know, you're better at social media than I am. So I mean, that's <laughs> that's something. I I do try that. to get that. I do try to get those things out there. You know, yeah. um. Cause I know that that's a platform where people find, especially, you know, podcasts, things like this. And then they mm-hmm. kind of like extrapolate out from there, the other work that you do. Um, so how, I, long have you, how long have you guys been podcasting on then? This is only episode four. So you're, yeah. oh, yeah, you're you in at that. the ground okay. level. Yeah, ground Feel level. good about it. <laughs> be excited. You can be a return guest later and be like, I remember when you started. I'm a, I was in the top five, you know, starting. That's off. right. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> you can feel real special about it. Yep. Gold circle. Gold That's stats. right. <laughs> um, so I write a fictional podcast, uh, The Adventures of Abernathy Franklin. Um, I, I do other short stories and short fiction that I post um, on my Patreon. And I have like a Substack website that I post to. Sometimes I'm kind of trying to figure out what I really want to do is get more ebooks out and, and collections of short stories that I have. But um, I like to explore the realms of the weird and the multiverse and sci-fi fantasy type. Uh, And that's kind of what we talked about on the last uh, podcast was more my writing and my inspirations. I'm definitely into paranormal and the world of the weird and, you know, any of the things that you're not supposed to look at or any of the things that are sort of pushing the boundaries of, of what we believe is reality. That's, that's kind of my wheelhouse. So, um, and I, one of the things that I really want to finish uh, that I'm working on right now is my kind of in the realm of obituaries, right? Uh, Straight from Death, which is uh, the Grim Reaper is telling stories of her favorite soul collections. And they all are sort of tragic life stories at the outset. But then, you know, once everyone gets to their life review, once once death comes to collect you, they recognize the value that their experience had and and how they added to so much more of the people around them and just you know human consciousness as a whole as a collective that while you're in this human incarnation while you're in this ego self you don't recognize always immediately the value that you have to other people or what value certain experiences have to you um so i guess you know for me yeah really very much into the consciousness mixing science and spirituality, I guess a little bit and trying to do it. Uh, and in my fictional podcast as much in a fun and lighthearted kind of way as I can, the straight from death stuff is obviously a little heavier, but yeah, so that's, and I guess that's kind of me too. In general, I'm, I, you know, I love horror. I love true crime, but then I also love comedy and Disney Pixar movies and like mm-hmm. ridiculous, outrageous comedy type things. So that you know mix mix things i like you know get that juxtaposition in there high contrast is kind of my thing right yeah disney and pixar actually does that really well i always loved hercules so it's awesome that you bring up hades he was like always one of my favorite characters as soon as i saw that too i was like we dance we kiss we smooth we carry on we go home happy like who oh god who was it that voiced him too i i just love that yeah so good i love that Let's put it out yeah. to the universe that I get somebody like that to start reading my Abernathy Franklin stories for me. All right. Yeah. He's a great narrator. Oh, I tell <laughs> you. That's a hard thing, too. You know, 
as as artists it's like you, you when especially when you're just on your own right like so for me it's like yeah if I had my druthers I'd have somebody else performing this because I don't see myself as being like a voice actress or right. you know necessarily yeah. having as much range as I would like to have my characters to have right so it, it's kind of one of those things when you're when you're I don't know, an entrepreneur artist, it, when you're just kind of flying solo, that, that there are certain things that you kind of wish you had more collaborative elements available to you, maybe. Is there anything like that that maybe you run into with your animation, with your sculpting? Like, is there, are, are, are there oh, yeah. different voice kinds of artists? Always, voice acting and folly or background noises or sound effects, all that stuff is, um, is definitely a challenge. Um, so it's, you know, finding a good clip or something to animate to is, um, is, is fun. Sometimes there's a lot of math and in, in terms of like figuring out where you're supposed to like sculpt a new mouth or when does a word start or stop or end, or, you know, a certain sound or with the timing of everything. Like there's a lot that goes into, you know, a roadmap into figuring out a shot. Um, but you know, it's, it's really rewarding when you can like fail a million times then you get like one, cool successful yeah. shot and it's like yeah. rewarding yeah. that's the that's the word yeah. mm -hmm. you, you cry from joy and just being proud and everything else <laughs> and so. a little bit of relief right like finally yeah. uh worked yeah. <laughs> so do you do with your animation are you do you also do like the vid like video editing like are you using the video editing software to put together all the frames and what yeah sort of things are you animating for like do you get any sort of like do you get paid gigs for like animation type stuff um yeah i've i've had um a few gigs here and there um, i've been offered roles on movies and tv shows and um, have what turned them down <laughs> yeah i've turned them down um can i ask what's I, uh, the matter with you uh it's just f family at the time is like you know, I, it was, and also they don't pay much. Like I've, I've made so much more in NDT. It wasn't even like fair, oh. um, but it would have been, it would have been fun for the experience and stuff, but it just wasn't practical because they didn't pay for moving. Um, one of the jobs was uh, in the in United Kingdom working on Chicken Run 2. Oh, and, uh, I mean, cool. yeah, that would have been fun, but shit, if you're not making money at it, that's, yeah. Come well, on now, I would have, I would have thought that that would at least pay better than than working for a welder or something. Well, it was chicken run too. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, uh, yeah. They don't, they don't have Mel Gibson back either for Rocky. <laughs> yeah, which is kind right. of a bummer, but, um, but yeah, that's coming out on Netflix later this year, and you know, I've had some, um, small gigs and stuff. I, the, the one of the big reasons I didn't do it is I was scared of it becoming a day job. And if it wasn't something that I was, um, that I was wanting to, a story I wanted to tell, or, you know, certainly there's value there and an experience and, um, you know, definitely you can socialize and make some good friends in that, in that world, which, you know, thankfully online, I've already done a lot of that. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I was just scared that if it became a day job and it, it started to become something I disliked, you know, if I'm clocking in and clocking out every day doing that, it's, that was something that kind of, you know, made me hesitate a little bit. So now I totally uh, understand that. So once upon a time I had a business selling hand dyed yarn. I still am a, like a big uh, knitter and I, I dye yarn myself for like myself to, to knit things and crochet and make things. But uh, 
that was why I stopped doing it because I, you have to, I was doing it die to order because that's how you have to make money. Basically when you're doing yarn, you have to die what people want. It's not just like, here's my inventory. You know, if you really want to, to make uh, an income at it, you have to just, you know, let it be like, here's this particular color scheme, whatever that I have, they order it and you die up however many they want. And yeah, it, it, it did. It became more of a chore than a, a joy anymore. And, and so that's why I don't do it anymore. So yeah, I totally get that. Like it's, that's another, I guess, sort of danger of the craft, right? Like anything can yeah. turn into a, a day job and, a, and a, a drag if, if it's not in the right sort of space for you to be able to really enjoy yourself yeah. and thrive. I, I, I agree. Like a lot of my business, um, is reproduction work and it's something that I have to have my fingerprints on every single step. Like it's not just sculpting the piece, it's making a mold um, and then pressure casting resin in and then, you know, cleaning all the resin and then painting all the resin um, and then, you know, making them whatever they are, whether it's a magnet or, or whatever else. And that doesn't even include the pottery side of everything or, you know, there's a lot of reproduction work. So like, you know, you see the one Hades head, for example, mm -hmm. but you know, for each one I sell, I don't post about it every single time. Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. a lot of that time and behind the scenes of creating new pieces is reproduction and like making the same thing over and over and over. Mm -hmm. um, so like sometimes it, it's nice to uh, do like an army, like do like 10 of them and then have 10 available. And, but it's just like, it's good for like conventions or going out in public and stuff, but doing the made to order stuff is like such a bummer to me <laughs> because it's, you know, I'm grateful that it's selling and people want it and stuff, but it's, it's also like, Oh, I got to make I another one of these. I don't have, I don't have, you know, a Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah. So mm -hmm. now I gotta, now I gotta go make a mold cast, Figure it, that out. It, do the whole I, thing again. So I wish there was more of a, like a, I don't know, a courtesy, or at least I wish more people knew about that courtesy and maybe more it's, it's an artist thing, but as an artist, like whenever I go to buy or purchase something from an artist, I'm always like, I will purchase like, like, give me what's, whatever is your favorite. Or if you're going to make me something, make me something that you want to make or just get like crazy with it. And that's just because as an artist, I know that that is going to be the best piece and it's going to be the most fun for the artist. And I don't know, I feel like that's just, I hope more people come into that common like courtesy thing when they, when they, uh, when they deal with artists, because it's like, this is part of like our livelihood, but it's also, it's our passion. So can we meet halfway and be like, I'm going to mm -hmm. give you something of quality. If you believe that, just let me have fun with it. Um, and I know that's what I try to do with, uh, when I, you know, purchase other, other things. So. No, that's, that's cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things too, where, people that want something specific, like, you know, a sculpture of their kids or their grandparents or whatever. And then, you know, or a certain character even. And then as you're doing it, they're like, they become a, an art director all of a sudden. And yeah. they want a million changes. And it's, I want this different. Can you make it a yeah. little more like this? Can you do that? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, I oh. imagine that would get really tiresome. Uh, Which it's, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's good it's for something the... you have to accept, but yeah, it's not fun, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like you got you've never you've never done any of this or you would be doing it and now right. you're telling me how to do it. So yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. it's a little bit frustrating, but you know, you gotta take it all in stride and 
you know, vent about it later with your buddies. So. Yeah, that's why you get, that's why you end up at the bar, right? Like, yeah. but it's okay because like, then man. maybe you can make a couple of other extra sales while you're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just wallow away your sorrows, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, how much of your work is like the selling of the the physical products, and then are, are you do you have any projects that um, like of the video side that you're yeah you know, you're kind of doing on um, on a regular basis or anything. Cause I just thought too, with the, those, those bids per se, um, you know, I wonder if they'd be more attractive to you and if they would, if they would allow it, but just like the Pixar movies, right. Where there's that little short before each movie, like if they yeah. would allow me to do that, you know, that'd be really cool. Be like, I'll do this project, but then let me do this, you know, like, you know, 15 minutes short beforehand, at least get, you know, get my stuff out there too. Yeah. That would, that's kind of, unprecedented you know because they have so many people doing those so it's very rare they would put you know all that faith onto me and and i wouldn't have time to work on the movie anyway doing that so uh it's 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 a it's a thing like you know the stuff i've done with animation has been like you know little bumpers or you know for like safety videos or Mm -hmm. you know presentations like well you'll have certain things animated or or like you know a few little commercials in colorado here and there but nothing like um like local commercials so it's nothing like crazy um crazy yet but um it's definitely i want to start telling stories and i want to be able to develop a a style which is what i'm working on currently Mm -hmm. on how to animate faster but still have like you know, really good results, but it still be clay and stop motion. And, you know, I don't like the paper mouse, like robot chicken, you know, um, that's effective and it's really fast. Cause you just, you know, re- replace the mouth or whatever. But mm-hmm. to me, it just, it doesn't. And it's, and it's smart to do that because you save money. You know, yeah. the animators are working less, you're spending less on them. Um, but it's, and you are saving time, but it's just, uh, it's just not, fun to always look at you know it's good for like the quick jokes and stuff like that but if, if it's if it's a story you're trying to like i don't know i, I kind of go back and forth with with ideas on how i want to do all that but it'll definitely be in a kind of a clay on glass kind of 2d style and i want to tell stories like that and mm-hmm. have like a narrator so i don't have to have so much lip sync work and um you know you look at a lot of the animation that's coming out these days uh and it's it's all you know it's built to be uh it's all built for like computers and for for speed it's all built to it all caters to speed and getting it done very very fast mm-hmm. like like south park and family guy and all these yeah. things where there's very little in a scene that's actually moving or being animated at any given time um which that works and it's 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 interesting and it's it's a lot of it's voicing and good um good sound effects and, and music and stuff like that but the animation part of it to me kind of falls like to fourth or fifth on the list of things you know um and i and i kind of like that look of the animation being unique on every frame not yeah. you know not a little just... closer to maybe nightmare before christmas right like really leaning yeah. into it yeah. yeah like paranorman or nightmare or, yeah you know a lot of those things um you know, some of that's what I appreciate with some of the old Disney animations and just the animation work back then in general. Uh, like 
I forget the name of the two brothers, but they did like Popeye and uh, mm-hmm. Fleischer brothers. Uh, like a lot of their cartoons where everything was like really rubbery mm-hmm. and like Popeye and olive oil and all of them always had like really like there was no bones or structure to them. It was just always yeah. flowing. Uh, I've always <laughs> Very appreciated fluid and that. Floppy. Yeah, they just had these yeah. like little bumps for knees and elbows. <laughs> yeah. 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 They just would, they would just like suggest things. Yeah. And I, yeah. and I like that power of suggestion and in animation, it's, it's really beautiful. if like you can capture that. It makes it fun to watch, you know. You don't even have to know what's going on in the story or whatever. It's just fun to watch and fun to look at. Um, you know, that's kind of so. That's what I love about like old sort of '80s and late B horror movies and stuff, where you have like, I, I you know, I, I get what you're saying. Like, you know, the CGI and the computer generated like things that you do. Like, yes, they work for speed and they can be really, you know, you can get these really great sort of. Um, epic expansive scenes and what have you but there's something very homogeneous to all of it right that is a little bit boring to me and so like that's something I love about like old monster movies or like when you have the it's a little bit hokey the way that they put it together on the screen but just the like the prosthetics and and the claymation and and the things that people had like someone had to build that someone had to do that makeup somebody had to create that little you know creepy spooky little character you know in i can't even remember i can't think of what it is but like weird little devil characters that i'm imagining from some terrible (laughs) b horror movie that i watched that i thought was like oh my god those things are so cute like i know they're supposed to be terrifying but i love it yeah i I, I get that yeah the practical effects you know bringing up jurassic park again uh that that was one of the cool things about that movie is before they Cause that was the first time that you really use CGI for anything. Right. So uh, they actually hired Phil Tippett. Who's a big time stop motion guy. Um, he actually did a lot of the shots in stop motion and you can still go online and find those, those tests that they did with the T-Rex. Cause the, the dinosaurs in that movie were all supposed to be stop motion before they went to CGI. And so they took that process really far. Like they had a full T-Rex puppet. They had the Raptors in the kitchen they had all that stuff uh, all done in stop motion and it was beautiful, but then they decided to go the, the, you know, the other way with it and obviously changed the world and everything. But, you know, they, that whole, uh, all those up, like up close shots of the dinosaurs, they still used a lot of practical effects, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. the triceratops, there was no CGI there. Like that, that whole scene with the sick triceratops was just a big puppet and, you know, yeah. with it breathing and everything like, that kind of stuff just stuck out to me so much as a kid and uh, the uh, practical effects. I mean, they're, they're such a, such a powerful part of, for something for like even the actors when they're acting to it or, you know, yeah, to it for ha- just having a green them, right. <laughs> that they're interacting with something and, and, and there's something a little bit more to that scene when that happens. Yeah. And it becomes more of a, you know, it becomes a, performance again instead of just a production you know if there's a there's a difference enough in those in those two words i just took um my son to jaws at the state um yesterday and that was awesome again but i mean the the shark right i just like we've watched he's watched probably a dozen like newer shark movies where it's all cgi got this big shark like similar stuff going on right but jaws is scary because it is so like real and i don't know if they 
um, you know, obviously they, you know, they made the whole shark, I'm sure, and, and blew the budget or whatever, but also part of the story, like part of the story is the suspense leading up all the way to the end of the movie where you never really see the shark mm-hmm. until yeah. like the last 20 minutes. And then they just like, you know, blow it out of the water. And it's just, you know, it, it's cool to make movies like that again, to in, in um, Jurassic Park 2 that you bring that up. So I had the pleasure of the... Uh, Gosh, I think it was a couple years already, but they had a few of those shows where they would have the um, the symphony, the South Dakota Symphony, do the do the music for it. So they they had it showing at the Washington Pavilion, and I went to oh, Jurassic oh, okay. Park. But then they had the the symphony do the the background music, and it's a different, oh, it's a completely different world, right? Because you got the mm-hmm. suspense, the music, you got everything coming at you, and it's like that's what it's all about. That's that's the performance of a you know of something like that. That's... I I love uh, I have to say like because of Jaws I have to watch every like horrible bad shark movie there right. is I had <laughs> like yeah I, I just I I have a fascination I have to see yeah. all the bad shark movies I just love shark movies I'm also you know I don't know I think I just have a monster movie fetish just a little mm-hmm. bit like any you know Lake Placid big one for me so mm-hmm. yeah. but I am, I, I'm pretty yeah. excited about Meg two coming out in yeah a couple weeks, yeah we are too. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he eats a dinosaur in the trailer and to me that's like yeah right <laughs> pretty awesome <laughs> bring together that jurassic park and jaws world right For yeah sure. like one of the cool things too about the the practical work is you get to see like some of the passion and the 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 abilities of the guys who and the guys and gals who like sculpted the the puppets and you know they get to have a part and a say in the scene and it's cool to have that uh, that 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 underlying element of uh their creative process and mm-hmm. uh you know i think that just helps the actors and everything else so i think i think it just just adds to the magic of a cool movie you know right no i definitely agree with that and that, that's again why i the the older movies where it's a lot more of of that practical and and the like dolls is one of my favorite old B horror movies. I don't know if you know dolls, but I've not seen dolls, but I can imagine. Oh, I laughed so hard, <laughs> even though it's a horror movie. I just love it so much. And that, that, that probably says a lot about me, but that I laugh what, at a horror what is movie. What's the basic plot of the dolls? So these, like a bunch of strangers accidentally end up because of, you know, bad weather at this spooky old mansion where, you know, creep ass Mr. And Mrs. Witchy type looking people, have a house full of handmade puppets and dolls that come alive and murder everyone. And it's so fantastic to Mm -hmm. see like the stop, like watching an actress that gets stabbed to death by a bunch of tiny stop motion dolls is, uh, I just, (laughs) it gives me so much joy. I have to laugh at it. I know it's a horrible scene, but it's just- I have to to watch this because it sounds awesome. fabulous to watch. There's a scene where this gal's eyes supposedly fall out and she picks up like these eyes to put it like, it's just it's great again shouldn't laugh at it but it's just it's something about there there is something to that the practical effects that i it gives me so much joy i have to giggle i don't know i just like like gremlins yes it's like yes absolutely or like like the first evil dead with the stop motion and yeah first evil dead is good yeah oh my gosh oh so many classic movies i'm gonna have to go watch now I know. Just enjoy myself. Binge yeah. Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Have you guys ever uh, heard of Ray Harryhausen? He's like one of the pioneers or the father of stop motion is what a lot of people refer to him as. That sounds he did like, uh, his, yeah. He did like Jason and the Argonauts, 
like with the the Cyclops uh, or some of the old dinosaur stop motions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He did the skeletons fighting the human. I don't know if you guys ever saw that. Yes. And Sinbad. Yes. It's Very probably, I think cool. It's like from the forties or something. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like super old school. I oh, again, yeah. the things kind, kind of, of like just, from film school that I've forgotten about. Yeah, that that stuff was just. I mean, he's been a huge. He just recently passed away too, which is a oh, bummer. Wow. Um, yeah, he he lived for a while, but. Uh, because also, when Will you Vinton follow your passion, away, age becomes sad. something that's not an issue. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so again, it lives man, on. <laughs> may, I, may I again just plug our Patreon? Please visit all of our Patreons and so that we may, you know, live longer lives following our passions and we appreciate you in advance. Yes. Support that's so sorry, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the plug person here. That's, so that's all right. Yeah, somebody's gotta do it. <laughs> yes, somebody's if we don't do promote it. ourselves, who will? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, a longer, it's a longer process for sure if you don't help that mm -hmm. along. But, uh, yeah, I forget half the time I have like any of that stuff. People ask me, it's like, well, where are you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I do have a website. Yes, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Check it out. Like, I just, I don't know. I just, it's websites are so 2005, man. You gotta, I know, right? Yeah. You got to get a, an, an Instagram and an OnlyFans these days, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. You know what? The, the people on <laughs> OnlyFans be buying houses already, you know? So it's got to be doing something. Yeah. yeah that is, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the hustle anyway. Uh, if you can create stuff, I guess, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's all creation, I suppose. It, but, yeah. yeah, I guess to some extent it is. But uh, so for um for for you then, like, what is it? Are you really just less of the marketing and, and really the sort of is is that just kind of going back to, you know, again, how do you how do you do this? And this is what you do, like how how much sort of balance do you have to have in that selling of the products being out in public or, or, you know, is there, I suppose a lot of it's trial and error, but have you found a formula that you can share, I guess is the question. <laughs> um, well, yeah. it's, it's, can I get the cheat code, please? <laughs> I wish I had it. I mean, I, I, I swear to God, I'd be helping everyone, but uh, it's, it is, it is so much of it is learning about yourself and, and what will work and what won't work, uh, what can sell, what won't sell. Um, sometimes I'll love something I'm doing, but it just won't translate into sales. And, you know, I might have had a blast doing it, but that ultimately doesn't really matter if I can't sell it. So a lot of times I'm balancing um, what I think will sell with, you know, something that'll lead to a sale on something else or, you know, you know, I'm trying to get more into t-shirt designs right now. So I don't have so much reproduction work. Um, you know, stickers and stuff are always something I always kind of gave away at conventions. And, uh, I want to try and get in more of, uh, the, like there's so many print on demand options. Um, and like, you know, t-shirts are a great way to like, if you go on Etsy and just look up some shirts, like basic shirts with like yeah. very little design or text or graphics or anything and they'll have like you know seventy five thousand sales or whatever doesn't that's that like... drive you just a little bit crazy you know because uh, i have it... i do have an etsy too where i you know and i for a while i was trying to do my own website with shopify and stuff like that but it just got to be like you know the monthly fees were too expensive for you know just not getting enough sales and it's like man you know i put hi kitty 
Uh, <laughs> I put more, you know, kind of effort into probably a design than than I probably should. You know, it's kind of that overthinking thing because that's at, really at the end of the day, kind of not what people are looking for. And that is a little frustrating sometimes when I see like you just put like some text on a T-shirt that is something that people say generally. And how do you have all these sales from that? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it is. It, it, it's 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 inspirational i'll say because I, I hate to say i hate to say frustrating because i am happy for that person and they yeah. figured out some little yeah. slice of <laughs> success there so it's hard to hate you on gotta, that but yeah gotta celebrate them if you want it kind of thing the mindset situation right. yeah so it's it's one of those things where I, I look at something like that and it's like okay that's inspiring and then you know you look at some of these kickstarters and stuff where like a lot of my buddies that i used to do uh the art show with i used to do i used to do this art show on youtube and we would all work and uh it was just really a way to get everyone to just sit down and work and we'd have like a live chat going and everyone would be talking but anyway a lot of those guys in that group were all comic book artists and um they would all have like these these ideas for comics and stuff and we would always look at these kickstarters and they were making like you know some of these comic books went up to two or three million dollars and it's just like, it was just mind boggling to me. Like, yeah, geez. And you would like, look at, you know, I'm not to say the art is bad. Cause that's all, mm -hmm. you know, that's not for me to decide, but you know, it didn't blow me away <laughs> necessarily. So it's, uh, you know, yeah, it's kind of, where is that sweet spot of how do you, how do you enjoy what you're doing and also catch the attention of, of, you know, an audience so that you can really run with the idea that you have, you know? Yeah, and, and I, and I do think a lot of that is, is uh is putting yourself out there and and being a little more vulnerable and um you know i do think people like seeing that the artist side of life and that they're not perfect and they're not just having a blast all the time and a lot of it a lot of there's a lot of hard work that goes into every creation that anyone creates you know mm -hmm. it's uh <laughs> you have a visitor that likes to keep hanging yeah. out See, I, I, whenever i sculpt and stuff she's got to be like right here on my lap and so she's trying to get into her little spot it's nice to have a coworker the whole time yeah, yeah. <laughs> i but, wish uh, my dog was always trying to hang out with me when i was recording it would be, she's i mean she sits by my feet but she's like yeah that's close enough and i'm like oh come on oh that's cute yeah she's like ripped up the whole back of my chair oh no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can yes. be on the podcast too it's totally fine yeah right. oh she's she's cute she's my little angel but um but yeah i just it's just there's there's the, there's definitely so many just tools i think is the biggest thing and a lot of those comic book guys were you know some of them were inkers some of them were like pencilers um painters um the word guys i don't even know what they're called but um Oh yeah. yeah. I know what you're like talking about. I don't know what the whatever. name is. I don't know what the yeah. name is either. But they, like there's all these different elements to a comic book and um you know, on these kickstarters and stuff, they had all those like different people collaborating and stuff and you know, they're they're bringing their buddies on essentially and making, you know, million dollars, 2 million dollars and you know, having to fulfill only 100,000 books or something, which, you know, with the print on demand world, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of like tools for 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 all of us really i mean and we don't have to do and like so much reproduction more... work 
there's yeah, a lot so more I, collaboration available in in the internet world, right? And that's kind of um, you know, a little bit part of the the goal of our podcast here, it's kind of how do you create a community and get the right people to connect with whoever they need to connect with and and collaborate with the people they need to collaborate with. Like you never yeah. know who's the right person you're going to meet and and you know, you it's so just sort of trying to be a little bit of that bridge or or sort of facilitate the the creation of a community to get people's stuff out there, get out what you do. And who knows who might see you, who knows who might, you know, well, we talked to this person on the podcast who does this bit, this, this would be great for you. And, and mm-hmm. just cause that, I think that community and that collaboration and sort of being more in a mindset of, of working together instead of competing with each other, right. As artists yeah, for sure. and, and, and let's, let's do this together and support each other. And, and we can all get to that place of, of being able to do what we love and, and let our passions support us and, you know, really be in, in thriving mode rather than having to be in survival mode all the time. Yeah. Um, that's, that's one of the things I was curious about with that, that, uh, that Kickstarter stuff. And I actually did, um, some of the, you know, I did some sculpture work or I made little figurines for a stop motion movie one time for a buddy and, uh, just a, like a different reward tier. And, uh, I did some mini figures for another buddy for his comic book. And, um, I have ideas in my head already for little things that I've wanted to. So like, I've been looking at, um, those like doodly, I don't know if you've seen it. There's Toonly and doodly that are, um, like programs where that it's like the automatic animation kind of thing. It's just somebody drawing it sort of right. It's like a AI type program almost, uh-huh. um, for just like, cause I would really, that's in my mind, the vision that I have is that my fictional podcast, right? The Adventures of Abernathy Franklin would be an animated series. Like that's in my mind, like where I would love for it to go. Like, I think it would be really fun as a, as an animated series. Um, but there's even just little, like I have little goofy sort of short ditties that I'm like, I would love to make these little shorts of like these little things that I think of in my head that again, amuse thyself first, I think are funny that I think if I could animate them, you know, would be something that might draw people in, you know, so if you start, you know, if you would start like a YouTube channel, maybe, you know, and have like shorts or whatever that could like draw people into more of your work and, you know, get more of the, the Patreon subscribers, YouTube subscribers, whatever it is kind of thing. Like, so we'll have to chat later. I have a little like poem sort of ditty thing in my head that I'm thinking okay. of that I'm like, I would love to see this as a, as a stop motion animation that I think would be very, <laughs> in my mind, it's very sort of simple and silly, but it's, uh, so that's, yeah. Simple I mean, and stop motion are not, they together. don't go together. Yeah. I know <laughs> they, they're not can, synonymous. That's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm, my goal is I'm trying to like make those words coexist a little more. So yeah, <laughs> that's something I'm trying to develop. So yeah, we'll have to talk for sure. But very uh, cool. Actually, I gotta, I gotta go. I well, I, don't know how Liz, long you guys I was gonna leave. say no. Is it, we usually do keep it to like around an hour. I want to be respectful oh, okay. of people's time, you know, because I know it, as an artist who has to work full time, still my time is certainly very valuable to me. So, thank you so much for being on and having this conversation uh-huh. with us. It's oh, been yeah, a lot of fun. Guys. Thanks for thanks for having me on. And, and we'll definitely, um, you guys. yes, you and I'll too. definitely put all of your links in uh, the description for people to find you, find your work. Um, be able to go buy buy your mugs and your products check out all the the videos that you have um so yeah awesome. thank, thank you. you so much for being thanks, with us Haley. thank you shane yeah you guys have of a course, great take care. <laughs> thanks. Right.
Hi again, friends. That was our conversation with sculptor Mike Fleming. We've got all of Mike's links in the podcast description, so you can find him all over on Instagram, on Etsy, and his Patreon. Do go check out his stuff. It is really amazing art. His videos are very cool. I do hope that you enjoyed this conversation that we had. If you'd like to support more podcasts from No Small Stories, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash no small stories. You can also follow us on Instagram at no small stories podcast. You can also find all the information to find Shane online, inknell.com and ink.nell on Instagram. You can find me at patreon.com slash Abernathy Franklin for my fictional podcast, The Adventures of Abernathy Franklin, as well as some other short stories that I write. And you can find me on Instagram at h.overseth. I've got all the other links below so you can find us all over the web wherever you'd like to. We do thank you so much for joining us. Do follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast, like, share, leave a comment, tell your friends. And if you're someone who is an artist, an entrepreneur, a small business owner, we would definitely like to talk to you. So thank you so much again, everyone, for joining us on this week's episode. And remember, no matter how small you start, your story is always a big deal to us. Take care, friends.